0: Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. We hear a lot of talk about the different generations of people today, but one thing is certain, each generation is unique, and that refers to their financial, and tax goals, as well as their social goals. Cindy Kula, tax planning specialist in Ray's Cleveland office, is here with us again on Unsuitable to talk about tax planning strategies for different generations and why financial and tax planning strategies are essential, particularly among the younger generations. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Cindy. Thanks, Dave. You know, the last time we got together was shortly after the the tax act. Had passed. You remember that? I remember that. It was a that. great conversation. You gave a great uh, uh, presentation, and I uh, we talked on that show about winners and losers of the new tax act. And you said you're going to come back because you're going to keep track of who the winners and losers are. You remember that conversation? I did. So let's talk about the winners, okay? And maybe, and then we'll talk about the losers. Who won?
1: Who won, um, actually, on the individual side, it's going to be the families with children under 17. You know, I just did a return with someone that had, has two children and to me makes quite a bit of money, let's say 250000 300000 And next year, if nothing changes and his 17 income is exactly the same, he's going to have $10,000 of more of a refund. So to me, he wins.
0: Winner, winner, He
1: wins. And now I have elderly people who don't have that same benefit, who were having some additional, they paid their state and local taxes or they had more of a, you know, itemized deductions. And because of limitations, they're not going to come out ahead as much as some other people are. So we're going to see people who just, barely made the amount for the new limits for standard deductions of you know the twelve thousand and the twenty four thousand and some of those might come out ahead but basically the winners are the people that have the pass-through entity deduction. Okay. You know, having like the L S corporation, S-Corp's, LLC LLCs, partnerships, uh even the sole practitioner, the S Corps, uh, the self-employed business owners. So those are gonna be winners too. But overall you know, nobody was to me when I ran the projections. Did got impacted a great deal? Like they didn't. It's not going to cost them an additional ten thousand, but it, there are savings out there. So overall, right. I think people are right. saving.
0: Right, and there were some neutral things and no impact. I agree.
1: Yeah, a couple hundred dollars here or there.
0: Yeah. So as a, um, a seasoned uh, professional, strategy certified financial planner, CPA, big picture, you 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 pretty happy with where the tax law ended up, or? Uh,
1: I know I got hurt, but hurt. yeah, I guess yeah. overall, it's probably something that, um
0: It's tough you know, to be wealthy, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah right. You know, just uh, being single is the problem um, and not getting the $24,000 itemized deduction uh, or standard deduction. So, But no, I think overall, I think it's going to be a, a win for people. The only thing people are going to have to realize is that their withholdings may not be properly... You know, because they did adjust withholding tables, right, right? So hopefully, they're gonna make sure they're monitoring their withholding.
0: So it's gonna take uh, take a little bit of time for this thing to level off. But uh, again, kind of what you you preach to to the Ray team is planning now more than ever is is very very critical no matter what stage of life you're in. Correct. And and again, I first uh, saw you present at a uh, uh, seminar on generational tax planning for the Ohio Society of CPAs. And I was very impressed with your presentation. And we'd promised each other we were going to get back together, do another podcast on generational tax planning. Right. And so we have a lot of material today and we're not going to be able to cover it all. So you're going to have to come down here again. <laughs> have to make that long drive down yeah. Route 71.
1: You make it easy, Dave. So.
0: so what do you listen to on the way from uh, Cleveland to to, uh, to I'm, on, Columbus. I'm on the phone. You're on the phone. <laughs> talking the, to clients. Yeah. Okay, so, good. Good. So, hands free. Hands voice free. activated. Yes. Can't violate that. Bluetooth, there right. you go. Perfect. So let's talk about generational tax planning. And, you know, one of the things you you mentioned to me was, you know, children learn what they live. And so let's talk about maybe the younger uh, listeners on the podcast and talk about some tax planning or, financial planning. It's just not tax planning. It's financial planning. True.
1: Yeah. And I i have this plaque when my kids were little about children learn what they live. And I think it's true in all aspects of our life. And you're going to see people who are struggling, their parents struggled, and they continue to struggle. They just haven't set the habits that they need to set. Um, and there are other people who have wanted to dig themselves out. But basically, we learn what we live. And that goes with financial habits too. So if our parents saved and they've accumulated some wealth, we have to realize that they did that by saving. And children learn that. And it goes goes back to even just buying things from the grocery store. You know, kids want, 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 but you know, maybe what you should say is compare the different items on the cereal aisle and say, hey, this is the Kellogg's brand, but let's try the other brand and see if there's any difference. You know, you're teaching them how to save even pennies that accumulate. And I also think that, you know, having them do things like even recycling, if there's a way to recycle aluminum cans still. You know, my father taught my sons that. And it was just something that I think that they learned. So that's why even as we go and we get our first job, you know, we should realize that there's an opportunity to pay ourselves first. Sure. Okay. And we have to pay ourselves first because if we don't, we won't build up any wealth. And I don't mean just go ahead and take out money and pay yourself. I mean, put it away. You know, put it into a savings sure. account. Put it into your 401k. Maximize that as much as you can
0: before you pay your bills. Let's go back to, and as you were talking about that, I was trying to think of, um, you know, one of the foundational issues uh, of all generations, and that's, you know, budgeting. You know, the household budget. You know, that's that thing has seemed to gone haywire. And as, I, as we both talk to our clients, there doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion about well, how's that how's that budget working out.
1: Budgeting is a habit, and I know that I am not a budgeter. I, I I've never lived by a budget in my life. Okay, now my younger sister is totally the opposite of me. She has to have money set aside for every purpose, uh, so she does budget. I have taught clients on how you know we sat down and saw, saw what their monthly expenses were, and when they realized they were spending money for things like cable that were above and beyond what they could have saved. You know, they realized they could call up the cable company and they can cut their bill down or they may not want the extra channels that they never watch. And some people rely on their cell phone, you know, all the time. They don't need a landline anymore. And these are things you can save monthly. So budgeting gives you a perspective of how you can save money. Sure,
0: sure. So, and and there you have it, folks. We have a CFP, a CPA, experienced... Uh, a consultant and she doesn't work by a budget. But <laughs> in her mind, she knows what she's spending. I guarantee you. I just guarantee you. But um, you know, let's let's start with four uh, o one Ks. You talked about savings. Exactly. You know, and uh throughout our careers we have both run across our clients, no matter what their age, some have started early, others have not. So give us uh According to Cindy, what's your 401k must rule?
1: Do it as early. I mean, even if, even if it's a, a child who had his first job and they can't get covered by a 401k, uh, grandparents and parents can step in and perhaps put away into an IRA or even a Roth IRA. I think that that shows them it was important enough to the parent or the grandparent and the kid's going to realize that. So I think that overall, I think we have to start as early as possible and there is the difference in rules, you know, it's if you start earlier, you're going to have much more wealth than if you waited 15, 20 years. And that's the key is to start as early as possible.
0: You know, these retirement plans, we sometimes get away from the benefits of those, but, um, you know, tax deferred compounding of interest, it doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. you want to talk about an investment. So uh, I think there's one that you can tick off pretty, pretty quickly, no matter what generation, you know, look at those retirement accounts pretty, pretty quickly. Exactly. So what are you, what's your opinion on the educational savings accounts, the 529s? Are you seeing more or less? What's your recommendations in that area?
1: Um, I actually wish I had those kind of opportunities when my sons were younger, but they should do it. I mean, any parent that has a child, and it's a win-win situation, especially since an Ohio college advantage plan, now gives you the $4,000 annual deduction per beneficiary, you know, per year. So if I had a child that was even going to a private elementary school, private high school, why not get a $4,000 Ohio deduction by putting it into a 529 Ohio College Advantage Fund and get the deduction, take it out and pay the tuition? It's a win win. So, it doesn't make sense not to take advantage of it.
0: (laughs) Tax-deferred, compounding interest.
1: (laughs) It is tax-deferred to get a tax deduction, at least state-wise. But once again, it has to be an Ohio plan. Sure. Uh, And I know that grandparents, you know, we tend to, you know, grandparents want to give grandchildren things, but, you know, maybe giving $1,000 into the 529 plan makes more sense.
0: Versus the uh, the monster truck uh, remote control car,
1: yeah, or the dollhouse and everything else, but yeah,
0: American Girl doll or whatever, you know.
1: And once again, children learn what they live. There so. you go.
0: So, health savings accounts is another is another area that we see on the horizon. That's that's gaining some steam. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on the health savings accounts?
1: If a, an employee is eligible for a health savings account because their plan is a high deductible plan, they should definitely take advantage of it. And the younger you are, first of all, young people don't go to doctors. You know, They don't even take advantage of the annual physicals, preventive exams. But this is a way, once again, to pay yourself first. And I look at it as a medical IRA. And eventually later, when I turn 65, I'm going to be able to take out even distributions tax-free to pay my Medicare premiums. So it makes sense to me to eventually use it uh, down the road. It may not be a, you know, then even families can use it for orthodontia. They can use it for a lot of other things. So it just makes sense that when you think of it as a medical IRA, that can be used sooner rather than later.
0: Sure, sure. You know, while we're on that topic, uh, let's talk about uh, health and, and medical insurance. Always a big topic, no matter where you're at, what you're doing. But um, how are each generation, What you, what are some thoughts that you have then, Again, regardless of generation, about taking advantage of opportunities for health insurance costs,
1: it's getting tough out there, and I know that employers are even faced with you know rising cost for um, employee health insurance. Do I think that you know I think that overall there are options out there. Um, once again, you have to make sure that you know when they first come out of college, Kids are usually covered under their parents' plans now until 27. So, you know, it's kind of an easy thing that, you know, they don't go ahead and use that money that, you know, and they might even get money from their employer for not having to have to get health insurance. Yeah. So, uh, but as we get older, you know, health insurance is going to cost more. Most of the employers now are, you know, allow us to take it pre-tax, even our contribution to the plan. So... You know, it makes sense to do it. As we age, though, Medicare premium premiums are costly. And as a retiree, the people who've accumulated wealth are paying more for their Medicare premiums. So, because it's all AGI-based.
0: So, again, as a experienced, certified financial planner that you are, I want to throw you a, kind of a zinger question. You know, I didn't talk, so I didn't give—and I'm not following your outline at all, am I? but uh let me uh, let me throw one at you. Which generation is the toughest in your opinion to financial plan for? Hmm. We can go to commercial and we'll come back <laughs> and you can uh
1: no that's that's fine. Um, I think actually each generation has their basket of people, if you want to call them that, or group of people that are um, have their unique things they have to overcome. You know, you have your younger generation, probably the 30, 40-year-olds that are starting out with a family, and they know they have a house to buy, and maybe they're not in their career exactly where they want to be. So, those are challenging because they they want more than they can, you know, actually get uh, at the present time. I also have boomers facing retirement that just never saved.
0: That that can't do it.
1: They can't do it. Yeah. You know, and, and they want to. They really do. They whether it's the hectic work life and you know, they want to know they that by 66 or 65, whatever their retirement age, they can do it and enjoy it. And if they haven't prepared for it, they're not going to be able to. But I also have the older generation who they did save and now they're facing higher premiums for Medicare because they saved and their penalized because their adjusted gross income is too high. So there are opportunities to plan for those, that section of the population, you know. So, but once again, those, the difficulty is the five, six years before retirement, before full retirement, you need to plan. It has to be a multi-year planning approach that you do have to sit down with an advisor and go through those five, six years and wh- where you're going to be at the age of 66.
0: Well, the benefit of sitting down with you as an advisor is, um, you know, you can set some parameters, some goals, and then you can kind of be my conscious and kick my tail and hold me accountable and ask me why I didn't do that and and so forth. So, again, I think the benefit of sitting down with an advisor is twofold. You know, you get the, you know, the benefit of years of of knowledge and experience of uh, of yourself and in the wide array of people you've worked with you know, um, and and plus the accountability that you bring to the table.
1: Right, and I think clients have given me sources of examples to use and how we can turn things around. You know, you can turn someone who has nothing to save up and, you know, facing Section 8 housing, but realize that on a budget, you can. You can make yourself you know, live your golden years in an affordable lifestyle that is, and you're still going to be happy.
0: You know, and I think you hit one of our, our key takeaways is we need to understand the uniqueness of each generation. Correct. And um, it's, there's not a cookie cutter approach for either one, but we need to understand that.
1: No, because not everybody saved the way they were supposed to, and maybe some people saved too much. That is a possibility to save too much too, and that's where people are realizing that, I'd like know,
0: to have that problem.
1: I know, I yeah. know. But, you know, you get to the point where, you know, we are paying yourself first and people who are pretty diligent about doing that are now facing retirement with maybe too much money, you know, they because now they don't know how to spend it. You know, maybe they never did anything because they worked all their life. And now they don't know how to face retirement and enjoy things.
0: So, you know, let's talk about uh, a life-changing event that happens um, virtually in every household, every individual. Again, there's a there's whether it's a, a, a death, a um, separation in, in or a divorce in marriage, um, child, new child, but it's a chance to reboot, I guess. And I and I think I've heard you 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 preach that as hey, when there's a life changing event, it's time to to reboot the thing.
1: Yeah, and right, and that's why sometimes people don't reboot. And we're facing a a generation, actually the boomers, and whether the divorce rate was so high uh, or whatever, but actually women don't know how to prepare for that, you know. And when something does happen, especially in their later lives, a divorce or whatever, they're not ready. They don't know how to handle their finances. So there's key things that you should look for. And be attuned to your finances, whether you're a male, female, a child, a young kid. You just be attuned to your finances so you know where you are, and you know you can access resources that can make you on the right track. If something happens that are, you know, whether it's the death of a spouse who's always has all the passwords to the computer, you know, what do you there do? You go, yeah. You know, where are they locked up? Can you get someone to break into the computer and access those passwords? These are all key things, especially now.
0: You know, and that's uh, again a real key. I think that you you bring out is that you know we started talking about tax planning. It's really not tax planning; it's financial planning, which includes tax planning among other things. Sometimes we let tax planning drive the conversation, but it's financial planning. You know, in the in the time we have left, Cindy, let's talk about um, businesses. That's a whole different uh, topic, and we only have a few minutes. But what are some uh, key? Planning techniques that you can um, throw down uh, in the next few minutes regarding business planning.
1: Businesses have their own unique thing because as they work their way into a, a business that uh, you know is substantial part of their assets and portfolio, they have to realize that you know there is going to be a time where it's not going to be theirs anymore, and it's in transitioning their ownership in that business uh, and. It's difficult. I think that because it's a part of their life and they're the ones that built it up and they're the ones that accumulated it, they also have to realize that they can't control it when they're dead, okay? They just cannot control it. Uh, so it's really more of a psychological thing. And... uh each situation is different, you know, because you do, there are, there are successful businesses that have transferred for three to four generations, right. and that's great, but not all businesses can do that. And I think that what business owners have to realize is that, you know, even if they have children, eh, some may be in the business, some may not be in the business, and some may just have their own aspirations of doing something different. And we just have to respect that. The key is to communicate during the whole process. You know, not communicate when you're 70 and want to get out. It's a communication process that you should begin when you're in the 50s and 60s, especially if you have a family member that wants to come in. Or if it's just transitioning to the employees. You know, there's opportunities out there. You have to determine who's going to be in charge.
0: You know, what I I really admire about, um, about your skill level is that with your experience, you can spot a situation and begin to build a plan that meets the individual's ego or their financial situation, no matter what the generation is. And that that that's a unique talent. Though. I commend you on that for being famous with your clients and within Ray & Associates. Yeah,
1: I I just, you know, business owners are so special. You know, they really do have their own needs.
0: Special. They hold a special place in your heart, I can tell. Well,
1: they do. And I think that it's overall, you know, they've worked so hard to build up something and they're too busy doing that that they really don't take the time to plan.
0: Our guest today has been Cindy Kula talking about generational tax planning and strategies. And Cindy is located in Ray & Associates' office in Independence and very, very famous. And you can tell, and if we need to get in touch with her, we can call Uh, Ray & Associates, and we'll put you in touch with her for a lively conversation. So thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, Cindy.
1: Thanks, Dave.
0: I already knew there were generational considerations to study. I just never knew the extent, specific generational concerns related to tax planning and financial wellness. Very interesting, and thanks for sharing your insight with us today. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a comment on YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes. And speaking of those platforms, please consider subscribing to Unsuitable and share our show with your colleagues and friends too. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane. encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box.
1: The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.